0: I'm thankful for where I'm at at this point in my life. Could she be better? Yes and no. But what's better than being thankful? This hit me as I was watching the uh, Showtime documentary series on um, Wu-Tang of Mikes and Men. I think what got me was that I felt like I was watching myself grow up again. Right? Uh, I'm pretty sure I relived my entire life over the two days it took me to watch the whole thing. My entire, like, the, the whole life. Like, the adult life, the young life, and all of that. Um, what's weird, though, is I can't explain the feeling that I had. Like, it was euphoric, almost. It was like my soul was breathing, like, a sigh of relief. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know. The thought that I had mentioned at the top, of the, you know, when I came on the podcast. I just felt thankful afterwards. And I guess it was just watching their stories and seeing how they came uh, from all of the trials and tribulations they went through as individuals and as a group. It made me look at the stuff that I've experienced and just like, yo, this is is your trajectory, right? Mm -hmm. The crazy thing that I walked away from that whole thing, right, and, oh, by the way, I got the sofa Vegan in the house. Um, kind of have This, this is kind of the conversation that I'm having with her that I've, I think I've had with you over the past five days, yes. several times.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is I'm really thankful, now, and I feel like, you know, I'm thankful for my family, right? The crazy thing about family is that They say friends are the family you get to choose. And that sounds nice, right? Mm -hmm. Family is the friends you get to choose. The crazy thing about how I feel about family is I feel like my family are the people that I've told them or I've said to others, I love them, I love you. And they have said that to me. So, when I look at the whole situation with the family, it's like, I didn't choose my family. My family chose me, right? And as I'm watching the documentary on Wu-Tang, it's like, they kept referencing themselves being brothers and all of that. And they really are. They're family. And this is the shit that family goes through. Like, you know, we've all had arguments with our mother, father, brothers, sisters, cousins, you know, whatever, whatever. This this is what happens when you care about people, right? So that's what I'm grateful for. If I love you, if I've ever told you that I love you, and you've ever told me that you love me, you my family. You chose me. And that's, that's what I'm grateful for. And so... Like I'm, I know earlier I talked about the trajectory of my life and, and how everything has turned out. And it's kind of crazy because I never saw anything that I've done. Nothing. Decisions that I've made, random happenings, people I've met, you know, me moving to South Carolina from New York. I'm 20-something years old, right? The crazy shit that happened with the religion and all of that. With my friends and my family on that tip, right? I never saw any of that, like, I never envisioned any of that until it actually happened, like, in the moment. When it comes to some of the things that I've done, you know, writing soul therapy, I never saw me writing a book. I never saw that. I never envisioned making an album. You know, a rap album, hip hop album, whatever. I never saw that until it was done. I never envisioned being a poet. I never envisioned being a writer. I never envisioned falling in love. I never envisioned having a broken heart and doing this shit again. And again. (laughs) again. (laughs) Right? Right? I never saw that. Like when I look at my life. Like, oh man, you know, I'm I'm gonna go through some shit when I'm in my late 20s. Right? I never even envisioned being passionate about having love for your fellow man. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of the stuff that I talk about, it's 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 like if we just recognize people for who they are, and just like, you know what? I'm not saying you just accept the, the 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 this really bad stuff in people I'm saying, but you you could you could look at it from a point of view and it's like yo it is what it is, and that's that's not intentional, <laughs> even though that's the name of the podcast it is what it is a podcast gumbo with your boy max lit you know that that's it's it's the truth right mm-hmm. it's like I look at almost being forty. <laughs> And I've seen the gray hairs with my head and my beard and my mustache and stuff. And some people like that, you know, whatever. I look at some of the financial struggles that I've gone through. I even look at being at the job that I've been at the last seven years. I never see myself, I never saw myself being at one job for seven years. At two and a half, I was like, yo, it's time to do something else. I've gone back to jobs. Like, I, I worked at J Crew and I went back to J. Crew a couple times. But I never thought I would be in one job for seven years. Like, a career. Even that's not the career that I want. Right. You know? I think when I, when I did think about what I wanted to do, right, I had ideas. Mm-hmm. When I was 16, I thought about being a rapper, right? And so I wrote some rhymes and me and my boys wrote rhymes and but there was I don't ever I don't remember ever looking ten years down the line with the plan for how that was gonna happen. And what's crazy is that like I'm I'm pretty sure anybody's listening is probably like, well if you had ideas then that's envisioning something. That's what that is, nigga, right? Mm -hmm. And you would be right. You would definitely be right. Like, if you can, can formulate an idea in your mind and see how that could possibly play out, then that's envisioning. Right. But to me, it's like envisioning means the ideas turn into a plan and the plan turns into action and the action becomes a reality. And I never plan for shit. I never do. And I'm, I'm not saying, oh, you should never have a plan. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying, I honestly am thankful. And some people might say blessed, you know. But to to have done some of the things that I have done and didn't have a plan, I think I've been pretty lucky. I mean, that's, that, that really is good fortune. <laughs> right? Yeah. And and I referenced something. I thought about something that you said. Um, we was yeah. Oh. We was um, we was talking about the Knicks and all of that.
1: <laughs>
0: and long re- running my mouth on the way home from work.
1: Still long suffering.
0: We were not gonna get into all of that okay. right now.
1: Okay,
0: okay. But like when when it comes to having a plan or not having a plan, in my case, you was like, yo, you should do a podcast. And I was like, oh, you're trying to say I talk too much? And you was like, well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, I have a vision for some things that I want to do. And I'm thinking of ways to push things forward. And since you like to talk, you should do a podcast.
1: Exactly.
0: So maybe you had a plan, right? Maybe Kimby, the goddess, had a plan when she suggested years and years ago that I do a book. Ah. Right? Maybe everyone around me had a plan mm-hmm. or had ideas for the ideas that I had. And some of y'all may have encouraged me to make a plan. But I, unfortunately, I, could, I have to be able to sit here and say that I never made one. I just don't make plans. And I mentioned before, I'm not saying you shouldn't make plans, right? I'm not saying... That is stupid to make plans or it's dumb to make plans. I'm not even saying, all right, all right, all right. So maybe saying that I don't make plans is kind of a broad,
1: you, do make
0: plans. you know, and, and yeah, certain
1: yeah. things to where you you don't plan for it. It just happens, you just make it happen.
0: Right. And, and somewhere in your brain, right, you're formulating some sort of plan, even if it's on a subconscious level. A lot of
1: that goes to who you are. Writer, poet, and MC. A lot of the material that writers and, and rappers and hip hop artists, they don't have a plan. It is something that populates immediately and they write it down right. or they right. get their little recorder out and they record themselves or they yell at everybody, we gotta go to the studio right now right. and record this. Right. So it it plays on a little bit of who you are. It ends up working out though.
0: Or it doesn't.
1: Whoa. And
0: this is, this is where I'm going with this. Every Okay, so, so you could say, Max Lit, I know in something you make plans. But honestly, every time I make plans, they fall through. Every fucking time I make plans. The crazy thing is that if you flip that, every time that I didn't really have a plan for something that I wanted to do, and I just went ahead and did it, not knowing if it was going to work out, or not knowing if I had enough money, if I took off from my job to do whatever it is, this idea that I had to go to Aruba, you know, and wonder if I'm going to have a job when I come back. (laughs) If I did something that my gut told me maybe I shouldn't do it, If I was scared, nervous, whatever, those moments are the moments that I look back, that I look back on, and uh, it's like regardless of how they turned out, I wouldn't have done anything differently. That was one of the things that I I took away from RZA on the documentary, right? Because you look at everything that they've experienced, the mistakes, right? The times where RZA was like, yo... Y'all not listening to me and the way he handled it or, you know, even the other guys, Mm -hmm. the way they handle some things. No one has regrets. Right. No one's saying, oh, man, if I had to do it all over again, I would do it different. And and, and it looks like if you had the opportunity, the opportunity that they had to do it all over again, you would do it differently. Mm -hmm. But they honestly say, nah. I wouldn't do it differently, and and that's how I feel about um, the the me not having like a plan on a lot of stuff. And it's not I'm not trying to like wax poetic or be philosophical, you know, uh, spinning words trying to sound wise and stuff. No, I'm I'm just saying I've accomplished a whole lot more without an actual plan that I've ever accomplished with the plan, which is weird, right? And I've benefited from people that know me and love me and know I've generally freestyled my entire life. They looked at me and they saw that I didn't have a plan and they threw a couple jewels my way, you know. They (laughs) offered some suggestions. Just trying to kind of point me in the right direction. And I've definitely benefited from being being around plan-oriented people and I've benefited from having them in my life. Now, I'm not, again, I mentioned this earlier, I'm not trying to justify not uh, justify not ever really having a plan. And I'll admit, not having a plan has made my life from 22, 23 to now a little harder and a little longer and a lot more stressful than it probably needed to be or had to be. But whenever I think about stuff like that, I think about my pops,
1: right? <laughs>
0: and what he would say to me, sitting from across the table in the kitchen, we <laughs> discussing things, right? He used to say to me, and he says it to me now, some people can only learn the hard way. And I guess I'm that type of person.
1: <laughs> you know? I won't agree.
0: You know, it's it's, it's for real, though. It's for real. It's, a, it's for real. Like, that documentary really got me. It... it it's like I remember, like watching it. Like I remember hearing them cats for the first time, right? I was telling you uh, while we were watching it. Um, I said, you know how Dave Chappelle says something like the times we are living in is like we're watching our heroes die. Yes. Watching that documentary with Wu Tang, it was it was I was watching them grow old. You know, like they got kids. They got gray hairs in their beard, right? They losing their hair. And it reminded me of how old
1: I actually am. You're old? What? No, I'm
0: just saying, like, you know, like, I talk to some people, and and my calling card apparently is my, my love affair with Wu-Tang. And, and it dates me, you know? It's like, oh, you old school. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I, I watched them, like, we watched that um video with, um, Nas, Raekwon, and Mob Deep. They were in the studio with Ed Lover for that morning show back in the day. And they was kids, right? Most of the cats in Wu-Tang was in they, their early 20s, you know, when they started out. And it's like watching them, like listening to them, like listening to Raekwon say, man, it don't even seem like it was a quarter. But it was a quarter of our lives that we sacrificed or we gave up, or we 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 committed to this that we got right now. Twenty five years, right? And it's like you you look at you know you might see a movie about an older group, and you're like they they was doing this for thirty years, whatever, like that. No, with Wu Tang, it's like when them cats when Raekwon said, "Yo, it was twenty five years." I'm like, yeah, I was living them twenty five years. Like I'm looking back, I'm like, man, twenty five. Years have gone by, and I wasn't a baby then, right?
1: I got the. I was a baby. No,
0: but I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) If 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 I could uh, take your number (laughs) and make it mine, we we would be good. (laughs) We would definitely be good. But it's like it's like I like I was telling you earlier. It's like you 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 watching these men now, right? And I used to listen to them on the way to school. I used to, you know, ride the train, listening to them on the way to work, back and forth to work. I'm writing rhymes to the beats, you know? And it's like, I keep mentioning it. The the Grey Beards. They've been all around the world, right? And they're back. To tell us this story. And they, I mean, I hate to say this about celebrities, because you're like, oh man, they're regular people. But they have gone through some of the same things that I've gone through. I mean, I remember sitting here watching it, I was talking to my boy Al, kid I grew up with, man, my brother. And I was like, I think, I don't know which album. Or is it like a conglomerate or, or a compilation of songs? But Wu Tang literally is the soundtrack to my life. Mm-hmm. It really is. I would agree. Um, it's like just watching them. And I, and I, and I mentioned it again, and I'm, it's probably going to be a common theme because these these are literally—I don't want to say boys because they were, they were definitely young men mm-hmm. when they started out. But as a group, and we were talking about this a few minutes ago, they set out to do something that no one had ever done. And when you talk about a vision, a plan, right? Maybe it didn't turn out exactly the way they wanted it to turn out or the way they had envisioned it to turn out. But they did close to what they set out to do, right? Right? And in in close, when you when you see close and you see what they've actually accomplished, that's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. They they you know you come close to do some shit and it don't work out and you're like oh man, but this being close when you when you hear RZA say you know the company was worth fifty at least fifty million dollars in 1997, you know because of the assets, mm-hmm. the, the the members. You could put a monetary value on their value to the company, to Wu-Tang Records, right? It's hard to look at that and see the potential. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm saying, like, maybe from Riz's point of view, and not the $50 million, but just looking at the impact that you've had and then looking at what could have been. He said it. He's like, "Yo, that could hurt you mm-hmm. when when you have discord in the family and all this other stuff. It could hurt you on a, on a on a physical, mortal level, right? That's only natural." What also caught me was Raekwon had um they were talking about after they did a tour, and um they was like, "Man, we didn't do this for the money." We did this for a legacy, and we got to preserve the legacy. Like, when we started talking about this, this wasn't about, oh, we're going to make a million dollars. We're going to do this. This was about what's this going to look like. And and as, as kids, really, right, mm-hmm. that's remarkable. Absolutely. To think, you might not be thinking 10 or 15 or 25 years down the line, but you're at least thinking to, you know, next year. Yeah. Five years from now, like back then in the, in the 90s, no, no one was projecting that um, you could be a rapper and have a 10, 15, 20 year career, right? Especially not nine rappers. It's just like you, I, I think watching them do all the shit and all the strife and all the hurt feelings, they could have been like, fuck this shit, I'm out. In a, in a couple of times they did.
1: Yeah.
0: But they saw how powerful they were as a unit. And all of them at one point or another was like, nah, we got to, whatever, whatever stuff we have going on, we got to fix it. And, and, and in the last episode, RZA was sitting down with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody from the group, but, you know, uh, the business, some of the business people and some of the, the group, they were there, and he was like, we're going to figure this out. And to see that 25 years later, I feel like that's amazing. That's amazing. Like, in, in context of 25 years, you know, all the stuff that they've argued about, and let's make it right. Basically, it's not like we was off the map, but we got a little shine now like we 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 glowing again.
1: Yeah.
0: So let, let's 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 fix some of the stuff that we messed up before. Like let's that legacy is 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 important. Let's let's make sure that that never you know tarnishes or fades or whatever. And and, and I go back to being thankful. Um I don't know why that 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 evoked those feelings for me. I don't know why. Um I think Part of it was just watching people that I that I grew up listening to, that they were working out their shit. <laughs> it,
1: it brings a it brings a realism if you right to it. It makes it connects. It makes you connect with them on a like common like just everybody else a human level. Correct. It's like we you know we all go through stuff. You know, we all. Stop talking to each other for one reason or another, and the the powerful part is that they that they came back together. There are so yeah. many groups yeah. today that never ever come back together and take ownership for whatever whatever happened, whether it's right wrong, whatever. At the end of the day, it, to them, it's really truly about the brotherhood.
0: Yeah, that's what really stood out to me. It's like. Men, and we're talking about men from the hood, you know, uh, entertainers, you know, the ego is a strong thing, and they work work their way through that. Each and every last one of them, of the group, at some point in the documentary, every last one of them said, these are my brothers, right? And I, I, I think that shouldn't go unnoticed so because and we were I keep referencing what we were talking about earlier um, each one of those dudes in their own right by themselves could have been successful. Mm-hmm. And in their music they often uh, refer to coming together forming Voltron Right? Voltron can't be Voltron without all the parts. Wu-Tang can't be Wu-Tang without all the parts. And I don't know. Maybe because there are friendships that I have uh, uh, made and fostered over the years, like with my boy Al. You know? There are certain relationships that you have that Regardless of what happens, even if you, like you said, not speaking to each other, not talking to each other, whatever, whatever, the importance of that relationship is going to push through, mm-hmm. and you're going to figure it out yep. at some point. And for nine dudes from Staten Island to to always, through, through everything, just be like, you know what, listen, this is bigger than us. It <laughs> is. You know? And, and the, the cultural impact shows that.
1: Woo is everywhere.
0: But, and, and I'm not going to go too far into it. I think, I'm trying to figure out the, the right way to say this. I think woo is everywhere because, I don't know. It's like I'm, I'm trying to formulate exactly what I want to say, and the only thing I keep thinking is real, 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 it real, is. right? But there's a lot of rappers and entertainers who's like, oh, they're real. But there's something about what they did. There's, like
1: they, if we're honest, they did defy the odds. You're talking yo,
0: insurmountable odds.
1: So that is, I think, the part that a lot of people connect to. Along, a just aside from the fact that they're lyrics, and that's, we, that's we can talk about. Well, yeah, in the whole other podcast, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a whole other thing. Podcast, if we want yeah. to. But, I mean, literally, you have onesies that say woo is for the kids. Right. And you have people that really, truly love, they love them individually, but they love the brotherhood of the woo. Period.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think this documentary just enhances the feelings that they're fans. Agreed. Myself included. You yeah. included.
1: Me for um, sure.
0: Feels about them as as a group, as a unit, but also as individuals.
1: This documentary, to me, helped me humanize them, and I know that's weird. No, because
0: we were talking about that too. It's, it's, it's like they're all like they're your heroes. They're up right, here. They're
1: like man, but then when you sit down and you watch, man, they go through the same thing that we go through, or they went through the same things that we go through today...
0: Aside from what they were going through as a group.
1: Exactly. Right, right. And then to see them come back and to talk about it from all of their different perspectives, you know, how they all felt, it gives you this glimmer of hope to where, you know, if you have a, a strained relationship with a friend
0: or I feel a brother yeah. or yeah. whatever, mm-hmm.
1: you know, it gives you kind of this glimmer of hope that it can make full circle. It can really go full circle. Yeah. Yeah. And you can not necessarily make it all the way right, but that we're able to sit together and have
0: that it a doesn't disintegrate. Right.
1: Right. We're able to still be woo. And brothers. At the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why the the, the thread of family kept hitting me. Right. Um. I'm thankful again that they chose me. And it's, it's crazy because I was, like, while I was trying to figure out the content of the podcast, I thought about, um, you know, even the relationships with people that aren't great right now. You know what I mean? Um, I'm still grateful. I'm still thankful. Because the arrival of those individuals, and the timing of that arrival, it shaped me into the, who I am today. Yep. Right? Regardless of the end result. You know, there are people that I grew up with as kids that I don't talk to no more. Yep. Um, but I look at how those experiences shape me as a young man. Um, I it's weird. Like I talk to some people and I, I tell them some stuff and they're like, "Yo, that's crazy." And I'm like, "Yo, it's not that bad. It's really not." You know, because I I, I just appreciate the formative uh, part. Of of those relationships, um, and that's every day. That's every experience. Um, it's like it adds another layer, or since we're like talking about Wu Tang, adds another chamber, right? Ah. Uh, it, another wrinkle, another dimension of to who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think growing up, you don't understand that these experiences and these things that happen to you, good or bad, they're lessons. Um, but I think when I look at them as lessons, of course, you learn. We talked about seven years at one job. Yep. Um, I look at the experiences that I've had, the experiences that I've had um, in those seven years, outside of work and at work, um, I value them. Like, there's some people that might be like, oh, man, you just settled for a job. You know, it's a dead-end job, you know, whatever. And it's, I mean, it's a job. Um, some people might feel like that job was less than my potential, you know. Um, but I, I look at the seven years that I've been there, and I would totally disagree with, with that line of thinking, only because I've learned so much about me as an individual. Um, and I've learned a lot from my manager, my mentor, you know, professionally, um, but I can't subscribe to a person criticizing, you know, or 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 analyzing the path because that's your path,
1: correct?
0: Right. The seven years that I spent on that job, I there are days I wake up and I'm like, oh man, I don't feel like getting up. But the days where I was, where I've said, I don't feel like going to this job, are very, very small. You know, I just look. I not that I. I mean, I used to look forward to going to the airport, right? <laughs> and 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 it's like you know, it's just the day to day stuff. But I I see what I've learned, and I've I've seen just a level of growth that I don't know if I get there at another place. And I think it's just because of the people that are there, <laughs> you know? Um, we talked about it, and we went to this whole trajectory thing. Yes. And I think I was just giving her bits and pieces of what was going to be on the podcast. Yes. But in Infinity War, the Avengers movie, Doctor Strange saw 14 million plus possible outcomes to their battle with Thanos, right? And he only saw one that they actually win. He never said what that looked like. He just said, or, or at least in the movie, he didn't say it.
1: Right.
0: And it's like out of all of the trajectories that the universe could have mapped out, There was only one that they actually won. Now, I'm not comparing my life trajectory to 14 million different things in the universe on an Avengers Infinity War level. But when you look at it, there's really only one trajectory that would have led to what my life is actually going to be and what it is now. And (laughs) I think about this often. Maybe there's a trajectory where in my 20s, I got my shit together, right? And everything comes together. Like, I'm sitting in Maine. I got my shotgun and my dog. I got my coffee cup of Sailor Jerry, Smokers with Trees, writing my 10th best-selling novel, right? That could be a trajectory that the universe had mapped out for me, right? Yep. But the crazy thing is, there's only one trajectory where I feel like I would have been thankful. And that just happens to be where I am right now. <laughs> I don't know if there are other trajectories that have you sitting here saying that. It's crazy, right?
1: With what you just said, then there's, there's not.
0: All right. So that was the soliloquy
1: <laughs>
0: of our first episode. It is what it is, a podcast gumbo. I'm your host, Max Lid, if you didn't already know. <laughs>
1: a vegan a, gumbo can we throw that in or is that like a no that's just me it's a podcast gumbo I, I'm just gonna throw in a vegan gumbo and just because I'm a soulful the
0: vegan soulful and vegan the soulful vegan is here with me <laughs> executive producing this episode and um really helping me out you know I, I was worried about how that long introduction of a soliloquy was gonna be um but it actually, I think it turned out pretty good. What do you think?
1: I think it turned out wonderful.
0: So like I said, um, I'm, I'm joined by the Soulful Vegan, Carissa Allen. She's the owner and CEO of the Soulful Vegan LLC. Uh, check out the website, soulve- soulfulvegan.com. Um, yeah. The Soulful Vegan um, changed part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Eating a little bit better these days. understanding the health benefits of eating right. Yes. Um, We were just talking about earlier about some ribs and stuff, and she's like, no, no, no. No. But um, no, really appreciate you joining me on the podcast. Uh, I'm Max Litt, writer, poet, uh, author as well. Uh, Soul Therapy, a collection of works inspired by the life of Max Litt. Published that a couple of years ago, self-published it by um, The Help, of my sister, Veronica Franklin, uh, just suggesting the, the self-publishing uh, route. And it worked out. Uh, currently working on a number of projects. A lot. <laughs> a, lot. Uh, a lot of projects, right? But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting some stuff off the ground. Uh, I like to consider myself CEO of ML Creative Consulting and Publishing and ML Creative and Travel. Uh, the website for mlcreativeandtravel.com will be up soon. Um and basically what I'm trying to do with that is to not just offer uh a place where authors can be heard and published but the travel side too man we got to get away from the stuff we we dealing with every day sometimes you know Truly. take a trip
1: yes
0: you know do a writing retreat you know just just a de- I call it destination inspiration you know get somewhere else and and, and write that great book or or create that uh Dope website or project that you're working on. Sometimes you just got to get away from, from, from what you see and do every day. Uh, so that that's kind of like a hub for not just the creative side or just the actual presentation of our creative abilities, but also inspiring creation. Um, we've talked about the podcast Gumbo a little yes. bit. Yes. And... Um, a couple people when I told them the idea of the, the podcast, they were like, "Well, why? Why is it a gumbo?" You know. Well, you think about gumbo, and even if it's vegan, yes, um, it's a melding of, of of different flavors and different things in
1: different
0: times, different times too. Right? You, they cook different ways. Yes. And the reason why I called it a podcast gumbo is because I'm all over the place. <laughs> the night that the soulful vegan uh, suggested me doing a podcast like I mentioned earlier we were talking about sports and actually the first actual recording of this podcast was all about sports it was the night of the draft and it was the Knicks and all this other stuff Um, and so you're going to get some of that as well Um, it may get some current events or you know a little bit of politics Um, also uh, I'm hoping to have like the people that I'm working on projects with to, to come and, and, and sit with me and just talk about their projects. Um, love music. We talked about Wu-Tang at the top of the show. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely be talking about that. I also like to cook, <laughs> you know, a little bit. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really going to be uh, 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 just a combined uh, flow uh, as far as content goes with the show, there's going to be a lot of topics, um, and hopefully these topics will be topics that are interesting to a number of different individuals. Uh, again, anybody who knows me, some of the stuff they've been waiting for me to talk about. So, you know, I'm I'm just happy to have this platform and be able to uh, just talk and, and 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 do what I like to do or, or talk about the things that I like, uh, you know, in my life. So, um, when I was presented with the idea of a podcast, I was like, what would the purpose of my podcast be? It's like writing, you know, it's therapy for me. That's why I named my first book Soul Therapy. Um, sitting here with the microphone in my face and just talking is actually relaxing. Mm-hmm. It's weird, right? I'm not in a room full of people chilling.
1: But sometimes that's all you need, you know. Writers, poets, MCs—sometimes all they need is a mic, a pen, a piece of paper, mm-hmm. or sometimes today millennials like to use their phone. Yeah, the classic is good. I mean,
0: I got the notes to the podcast you know. on my phone, so you know.
1: <laughs> but it sometimes it's just literally all I need is one mic. Nas reference.
0: Yeah, no doubt. That's one of my favorite
1: songs.
0: <laughs> it's going to be a lot of music commentary. I
1: know.
0: On this podcast. It's going
1: to be great.
0: But, um, basically, I mean, I want to entertain. I want to be informative. I want to talk some shit. Decompress. But really, I just want to have fun.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I really hope... It, it's good to open the conversation. Yeah. You know,
1: other people may feel same way you feel or don't really know how to put into words what they're feeling and you're able to help with that. So I think it fosters conversation and just so much than just a podcast. I think this is much more just a podcast.
0: I mean, I, I, I really wasn't big into podcasts and I'm trying to figure out exactly when. I think I, someone's... I, I I heard a lot of people talking about podcasts. Oh, you gotta hear this podcast. You gotta listen to this podcast. You gotta do this, you gotta do that. So, you know, on Spotify, there's a selection podcast. <laughs> so I was like, oh, let me just see what Spotify has to offer. And I came across this um, podcast, Still Processing. Um, uh, I really, really, really liked it. They were talking about stuff that I talked about with my friends. You know that talk about with you, um, and and their the way they did their podcast and, and and the chemistry that they had and the relationship that they have, um, it it just seemed very organic, and it it kind of gave me, I mean I would listen to them on the way to work in the morning on the way home, uh, fortunately <laughs> when I found them there was like a ton of episodes, you know, and then when when I got to the last episode. It was like this, you know. They talk about the the um, the Netflix void or whatever. Like I didn't, I didn't know what else to listen to. Um, but I also remember every time I listened to their podcast, um, I walked away with with something. You know, I, I left. You know, when the podcast was when that when a certain episode was over, I, I was fulfilled. Uh, I felt like. Either I learned something or, you know, some of my convictions was confirmed and I wasn't the only crazy person who felt that way about some things, <laughs> you know. And, I, and honestly, I hope that with this podcast, um, you kind of get the same feelings. Uh, I, I, it's probably not going to be every topic that I talk about this is going to be something that everybody's interested in or, or I might say some things that people might not agree with. Um, but I definitely want people to listen. And walk away with something uh, that hopefully is either insightful, or made them laugh, <laughs> or it made them think, you or know, them. or or motivated them. Yeah, I mean, I, I talk about the trajectory of of my life and where I'm at, and almost 40, I I do remember thinking that I was gonna have it all figured out at 30. <laughs>
1: you know i
0: I think I think that wasn't a plan. I think that was a hope you know that you know you twenty eight twenty nine you're like man, it ain't happening um one of the things that Ray Kwan said in a documentary he's like, the time went by so fast, and I think about that a lot. It's like I think most people who work, you know your timeline is is paycheck to paycheck right and I f- I found myself living in increments, like I always say, man, I feel like my life is 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 controlled by the clock, you know, because I'm always like, oh man, you know, I gotta be to work at seven, you know, I gotta I gotta shut it down, you know, or, you know, your weekends are, you you want to be productive, but you're like, man, I've been running all week, I just want to do okay. nothing, yeah. right? And the time. Goes by so fast, like I can't even believe I'm about to be 40. Can't believe it. Like, I remember my mom, <laughs> my mom, when I turned, when me and my twin sister turned 30, she said, I never thought that I was gonna see y'all turn 30. And I think about, especially watching the documentary, it's like that was, I was in high school. In 94, right? And so that's, you, you talk 25 years. I'm like, where has the time gone? Like, I, I see my friends that I went to high school with on Instagram, and their children are going to college. And I'm like, yo, where did all of this time, where did these years go? Some Somebody, you know, the the, the, per, the, the saying is, life is short. Right. But somebody, I can't remember who said it, it was like, no, man, life is long. <laughs> you know, not saying that you got all this time, but if if you don't just go for what you want, then the life of regret is very long.
1: That's what's long.
0: That's what's long. Right.
1: The would have, could have, should have
0: and didn't. My sister, Veronica, she's she's always like, man, just do it. Like, if it... I read something on Instagram today. If it fails, that's a lesson. Yeah. So there really are no failures, just lessons. Yeah. And it's like, you want to do a podcast? Do a podcast. You don't necessarily... And, and I think... A lot of things that that we end up wanting to do, and I know I said at the, at the top of the podcast that, or throughout, is the, the not having a plan thing. You always have a plan. <laughs> it may not be a well thought out plan, <laughs> you know. It may not be a fully formed, developed plan. Or, in 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 some of the cases that I've been, that I've experienced. There was actually no plan. But when you decide to follow through, that's the plan. That's the plan. So, once again, uh, uh, Max Lit, Soulful Vegan in the House. This is the podcast. It is what it is, a podcast gumbo. And I hope you enjoyed our first episode. And we look forward to Presenting episode number two. Thank you, and good night.